Sorry. Yeah. All right. Andrew Kegel, CEO of tokens.com referred to, I'm hearing you refer to a lot, the, the mogul. I love this. The, the metaverse mogul or the real estate <laughs> metaverse mogul, you know, CNBC, all these other business shows. So I'm not sure. What do you, what do you like being called? Mogul, Andrew? <laughs> oh gosh, not mogul. You know, I, I, I did the interview and the reporter called me up uh, right before he was going to do it. It was for, for, unfortunate. And he's like, we're going to call you the metaverse mogul. What yeah. do you think about that? And I was like, please don't do that. <laughs> they're like, well, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the headline that our editors want to go with. And I was like, yeah. okay, I mean, you're not going to fight it, but it feels a little awkward. Yeah. Well, well speaking of that, maybe you could speak to, because I think the people who are watching this now, and then when we reposted on social media across the board, that there's a curiosity about virtual reality, the metaverse. And I think, in my own opinion, I think a lot of people are stuck in Mark Zuckerberg and that commercial he put out with those cartoon characters. And you're a businessman, you're an investment banker. So then maybe you could kind of walk what really goes on in the metaverse from like a business perspective for like our audience here who are predominantly like white cop. Um, have you ever heard of a, a, an author, a sci-fi author named Neil Stevenson? Mm -hmm. So he wrote a book called Snow Crash that was published in 1992, a long time ago. And he was the first person to define the term metaverse. And it was really related to sort of a dystopian society that sort of communicated through, com through computers. Metaverses have really been around for a long time. We've been using them for a while. If you think to any of those like, you know, Grand Theft Auto or The Sims or Second Life or any video game, that has its own virtual world and you go through it on your computer, those could be metaverses. What's happened recently is that Facebook announced the largest rebrand in history to Meta and that they're converting their entire company to a metaverse and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. What is the metaverse? Why today is it more popular? And I think there's, there's a few reasons why. Number one, COVID. And this is an interesting one. When COVID came on two years ago, the first reaction by most governments in the world was to shut everything down, shut all social things down. Now, like us, if you've got family around everything, that's okay. But for a lot of people, they're like, how am I gonna you know, interact? How, how do I solve that itch to socialize? Because it really, it's, it's part of human nature to wanna interact. Can't travel, can't go to museums, can't go to clubs, can't do anything. But wait a second, I can go on my computer, I can enter these virtual 3D worlds and go to virtual museums, interact with people. It's a little bit of a form of social media and interaction. I didn't realize, was that already happening that you could go? I know about you know the gaming in that space, but I didn't know that they already had like virtual museums and such. Oh, totally. There's, yeah. there's some metaverses that are replicating the actual earth. There's one called Superworld, um, which is a replica of the actual globe and you can buy various spots so we bought recently a bunch of land in New York, in Manhattan, uh, as well as in Miami. So we're trying to buy like the, the cool areas and then you can use those to advertise, you know, and, and I'll get back to it. But one of the- Wait, wait can you explain that? Because I'm not sure if I understand, because you could buy in the metaverse, like a Decentraland, but then yeah. I'm not sure the second part you were talking about, you buy a replica of like what, like let's say Brooklyn, New York, you could buy the equivalent of Brooklyn in the metaverse. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so- okay. Let's just say, let's take a place in the world that maybe people might want to visit, might be on your bucket list, but you're not being like the Taj Mahal or Mount Rushmore. 
probably not going to jump on a plane to go see Mount Rushmore with the family, but I can go into the metaverse. We can all create our little avatars or sit in a room together and we can go and we can explore it and we can look at it from a three-dimensional aspect. We can you know, go up and down, look at the scale, visual representation, three-dimensional from all angles and get an idea what Mount Rushmore is like. So within this metaverse called Superworld, somebody can actually go in and buy Mount Rushmore and you can use it to, to promote and you can advertise there. Um, which is you would cool. own it. So you own and no one else could have that right to Mount Rushmore or could it? Well, you can have the right in a, in a different metaverse, but within okay. that specific metaverse, okay? Because there's, there's many, but, but back to the explanation, you know, so I think COVID probably ended up forcing more and more people to go online than, than they had before. The second piece of it is that technology has caught up. So graphic cards, computers are faster, internet's more efficient. That, again, combined with all this stuff, and then the third aspect is really crypto technology. If you go back and you look at games like Second Life, I don't know if you recall Second Life, but Second Life was a metaverse. You could create your avatar and go in there, interact with other people. It's been around for a while. The problem they always struggled with is how do you create a self-contained economy within it? Fast forward to today, crypto allows you to create your own cryptocurrency, your own currency within your virtual world that you can use it to buy the land, you can use it to buy NFTs, you can use it to buy wearables for an avatar. Those things have a resale value back into US dollars. It has a self-contained economy and that's what makes it unique. So I think it's a, it's a function of those three factors that have made metaverses today, again, going back, this is an old concept, but today, something that's far more interesting to businesses, brands, advertisers, gamers, basically everyone on the planet as a new way to use the internet. And so for yourself, you're looking from a business person's perspective, you're looking yes. at real estate, uh, fashion, and some other sectors, right? Yeah, so what we did, we got a lot of attention last year, and we didn't expect it to get this much attention. We, we were doing this more from a business perspective, um, but it, it's actually provided a lot of great media exposure. We purchased, at the time, we did the largest metaverse real estate transaction. So again, these new metaverses have a set boundaries. So think about it like a puzzle that has a boundary. You can't go outside the puzzle, okay? There's a set number of parcels that you can buy within each metaverse. We went in and bought a whole bunch of parcels in what came out to be the largest metaverse real estate acquisition in history. That got a lot of media attention. That was in an area called the Fashion District in a metaverse called Decentraland, which happens to be one of the, you know, the top two metaverses uh, out there right now. That got a lot of attention because people were like, I can't believe these guys spent millions of dollars to buy virtual land. But Jack, let me explain it to you because we're actually been monetizing on it and, and it's turned out to be um, a bit of a goldmine for us. In Decentraland, there's 90,000 parcels available. Okay, it's rectangular, it's like a box, 90,000 parcels. Each parcel is equivalent to 52 by 52 feet. Easy, you can sort of estimate the size of the city, it's about the size of Washington. Within that 90,000 parcels, approximately half are unavailable for development. They're run by the foundation. Those are the parcels that are like the parks, the rivers, the sidewalks, the fountains, the, be the beautification of the city. So it's not just things built on top of each other. Okay. And those 40, those half are spread out amongst the city. 
The other 45,000 are available for development and ownership, and they're all now owned by various people like us. Within Decentraland, again, 45,000 parcels available for development. We own several hundred. Currently, the visitor traffic in Decentraland is going up by over 3,000% okay, annually. That's a huge growth rate, huge. They're surpassing a million registered users. At this growth rate, they're gonna be into several million users soon. In five years, there could be 20, 30, 40, 50 million people wandering around this metaverse. Again, only 45,000 parcels. What is the value of that parcel gonna to be to advertisers, brands, retailers to access that demographic when the availability is scarce? I'll give you another analogy as to what we're doing, what we're doing. And then I can get into some of the, what we're doing in it from a business perspective, but you, you use Facebook or Instagram, I assume. Mm -hmm. You haven't added me, but that's okay. I won't yeah. about that. No, no, I'm, I'm more LinkedIn and Twitter. More LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, for me, probably Twitter and, uh, and, and Instagram would be my go-tos, but you know, there's a lot of them out there, but imagine you could go back to Facebook or Instagram in their early days and buy a block of advertising so that every time people were scrolling, you had permanent use of a block. Knowing that their user base was growing so quickly, you would buy that and fix it in it, just realizing, hey, when there's a billion people on this platform, the ability to advertise that I can charge for that block is gonna be very high. This is the same concept. To me, that yeah. block of advertising on Facebook or Instagram is a piece of digital real estate. We're doing the same thing just on a different platform. How has that been working out for us? There's a huge fashion week that's being held on our land. So our land is already being leased by Decentraland. They're having a big fashion show. And when is that? It's like March next week? 24th, March 24th to 27th, free to attend. There's gonna be a lot of musicians and DJs performing after parties, brands like Dolce Gabbana, Forever 21, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. There's about 40 brands who are participating, and this is going to be pop-up shops, catwalks, runways, models, all types of really cool, interesting things. It's being held in our land, so we're being compensated for that. In addition, we own all the advertising rights, so we're being approached by various groups who are like, okay, there could be several hundred thousand people at this event over the course of the week. They want to advertise. They want to have a presence. This is how we're monetizing on this. We announced uh, last week that we have a, uh, a deal with Skechers, that they're gonna be renting uh, parcels of land from us on our real estate or on our fashion estate. That's very cool. Skechers is the third largest running shoe company in the world behind Nike and Adidas. They're choosing to go with us into the metaverse. I think that's very cool. Now, Andrew, can I, just a logistical <laughs> question. God bless. <laughs> just a logistical question. So let's say, so for, the fashion show for people who are watching this who want to go, how do they do that? So they do they have to set up an account with Decentraland or maybe you could walk us through the process so they could feel comfortable going through it? Yeah, it's it's super easy. Okay. You go to decentraland.org. Uh, it's all browser-based. You just need internet and, and a decent computer. You go in, you can sign on two ways. You can go on with a full sign-in with a wallet 
that allows you to purchase things um, and, and navigate. And with Wallet, do you need crypto to do it or are you just- You, you need crypto. Sense? This is all still crypto-based and they have their own, in Decentraland, they have their own currency called MANA. Um, how's so that doing, can, by the way? How, how's that price? Well, I think it's doing fine. The last time I checked, it was around 275 per, per compared to, to the US dollar. So it's doing okay. Better than the Canadian dollar. Um, so, okay. But you go to the website, so you can register it as a, as a user with a wallet, or there's a very fast, easy way to go on as a guest. It takes less than a minute. You click on as a guest, you create an avatar, and you can be wandering around within a minute. Um, when you get into the wait, 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 but when you wander out, like what happened? You just walking like like I would if I'm in a shopping mall or I'm just in one of those boulevards that has all the fancy stores. Same thing. You're just you know. Well, no, there's, there's events. Out. There's events and games. So yeah. you know, the Australian the Australian Tennis Open did a whole facility yeah. there uh, earlier this year where you could go and watch games. You could watch historical games. Uh, there was memorabilia, they were giving away tennis balls, there was all kinds of really cool things that were going on that they were doing. And so really the, the possibilities are endless. Um, JP Morgan set up a facility where you could go in, they have pictures of Jamie Dimon hanging on the wall. Was there a lion, a tiger walking around too? Is that yeah, the yeah, 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 that's the one with the tiger walking around. And if you go upstairs, you can live stream various news and, and things going on. Uh, Samsung set up a store where they were unveiling new products and selling gear. You can buy Samsung gear for your avatar, but there's also a casino district. There's a nightclub. My, my wife pointed this out. We were wandering around and I believe it's called Insomnia. Okay. She was looking at, she's like, I've been there before. That's an Ibiza. So I looked it up and there's actually a club in Ibiza. They did a deal with Decentraland where they replicated the club. And on weekends, they stream in music and people can go in there and meet, you can dance, interact. Remember, in Decentraland, you can make friends. You can talk to them through the computer, just like we're speaking. You can go to museums. So there's NFT museums, there's an amusement park. There's all kinds of things you can do to explore. But really today, you go there really to explore, to catch an event. Uh, I'll give you a cool event that happened in, in if I didn't mention it before, but they did the e EDM festival. Did I mention that? No, no, I was aware so of that. EDM El Electronic Dance right. Music Festival that happened last October. Had eight stages. Like, I mean, this was sort of felt to me, I've never been to Coachella, but if, if it felt like an online version of like Coachella with like lights and DJs, there were eight stages. There were vendors in different places and, and sort of bars you could go to and, and walk around with, you know, NFT drinks and hot dogs and things. <laughs> And it attracted a whole bunch of top DJs. So the headliners were Paris Hilton, Blau, and Deadmau5. Um, there was another 30, 40 different performers over the course of a weekend. That event attracted over 50,000 unique visitors. Wow. Think about that, 50,000 unique visitors. Here's what's amazing about it. If you were an advertiser at that show, and there were, there were several, you have the ability to target an audience, in that case of 50,000 people, they could be scattered anywhere in the world. It's geographically agnostic. The person could be in New Zealand, they could be in Anchorage. Doesn't matter. You can advertise to them at the same time in their native language. You know what they're there for. They like that type of music. So you get an idea of what they're about. I mean, it's, it's a great venue. When we think about the fashion show that we're hosting um, on our land later this month, 
I think that's going to attract several hundred thousand unique visitors over the course of that, because there's going to be a curiosity factor. You're going to want to go in there and like, what is Dolce & Gabbana doing? Like, what is, what is a virtual fashion show runway look like? What are they unveiling? So I think all of those things that make it very cool, there'll be a curiosity factor for people to go in and check it out. What's that worth to an advertiser to target this demographic who's clearly got a whole different agenda? You know, I was having a conversation with the, um, the executive team of a major brand, major world brand, uh, about coming on our space. They ended up, they did end up coming on and, and leasing with us. But one of the executives said, you know, Andrew, if we do this, how much money are we going to make? And I was like, no, 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 no. You're not understanding. You'll make some money from selling NFTs. It's about advertising. It's about communicating who you are. And here's why. I told you, I have a nine-year-old daughter. My daughter is starting to come to me and ask questions like, what's Gap? What's Chanel? What's like... She doesn't know what things represent. We take it for granted. But do you remember when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I chose carefully what I was wearing to school, right? And I remember there was like the cool clothes that, that, I, that I could afford. But I don't know if you, we're about the same age. You remember it was like Lacoste and Polo. And like, if you had a Lacoste or a Polo shirt, that was you're, cool. you're bringing up a sore point because my parents didn't have much money. So I would have like, instead of Pumas, I would, I would get like a knockoff version and then the, the dye would run off. These are back when you had like the blue pumas, right. the suede, and then it would, yeah. Or I would go to Alexander's, the shopping mall, and we'd have to go go through the bins to get like, hey, this is on sale. So yeah. Right. So, so, so <laughs> but now it's different. Now I can, now I can go and, and be okay. Now I can go and, and hobnob. So. Right. But what you wear for many people is a representation of, of what they want to communicate to the rest of the world. For people and brands, retailers, how do they communicate what they represent to this new demographic? Like, remember, my daughter doesn't watch TV. She thinks it's hilarious that I watch television. She's like, there's ads. Why do you watch that? <laughs> they don't read magazines. You know, the Sears catalog is no longer dropped yeah. off at the doorstep. They're not walking around Rodeo Drive or Fifth Avenue. So how do they figure out what to buy? Like, how, how they want to represent themselves? Social media and places like the metaverse. The reason brands are so excited about this, and you can just Google metaverse and, and fashion brands like, you know, Jimmy Choo, Balenciaga, Gucci, Prada, Chanel. I mean, they're all finding ways, Ralph Lauren, to get involved. The reason it's important to them is longevity of your brand. If you don't get to this demographic today, in 10 years, a huge segment of the buying population will have no clue who you are. That's what I went back to that executive team and said. It's like, if you don't do this, your competitors are doing it. And in five, 10 years, when this demographic is out there buying and shopping, they're not going to know who you are. Not having a presence in the metaverse is akin to not having a website or putting up a website, you know, 20, 30 years. I was just going to say, it seems very similar to when the internet started that you had to get that website and some did it and fell behind the ones who did had a big advantage. Um, and it's a game changer. Now, what's the demographics? Because you mentioned about your daughter. Is, is it, does it skew much long, uh, younger or is it really across the board? So it's hard to tell right now because there's a sense of anonymity. So unlike some of these areas, like you said, you can go on as a guest yeah. and do that. My understanding is from our research is there's actually a fair mix of, of males and females who use it. 
Uh, it tends to be a younger demographic, but it's attracting people who are older and looking for opportunities. So, you know, a lot of my business peers like going in there and checking things out. You know, they go to the JP Morgan, you know, things like tennis. It's appealing to a broader and broader audience. But right now, I think it's a younger generation and one that's crypto friendly. And, and for that, you know, for a lot of people, that's a tough concept. I often say, when I talk to my, my, my parents, for example, they don't get it. They think I'm- They have no idea what you're talking about. Because to them, in order for something to have value, it's gotta, it's gotta exist. It's gotta have a physical yeah. presence. It's gotta have weight, yeah. something you can hold. If it lives on the internet, it doesn't have value. And I don't spend time trying to convince people like that. I'm not the, you know, the, the, the blockchain town crier. But for the younger generation, they absolutely understand that if you can attach a unique identity to something on the internet and make it transferable, then you have something of value. And that's what NFT technology is. That's what metaverse technology is, right? When a metaverse city is really just a bunch of digital signatures with a construct and rules and smart contracts around it that you can buy and help create a community, help create an environment, help create something. And so when we're buying up all this land in these various metaverses, our viewpoint is really that of a, of a, a, a business group. We're seeing this as an opportunity to buy land or exposure or access to a demographic that continues to get bigger Remember I mentioned Decentraland's growth rate over 3,000% annually. We're pre-buying advertising space. We're pre-buying the ability to access that group so that when there's 10, 20, 30, 50 million people wandering around these environments, the environments are finite. As I said, there's only 45,000 plots available in Decentraland. Each one of those will only increase in value and will only increase in attractiveness to advertisers and retailers. Now, I understand you're building outside of Decentraland too, right? That there are other play. Now, are there? There's a sandbox that's huge. Decentraland. Now, can you even start your own metaverse, or how does that? Or that's just that's not your thing. You're more of doing, you know, you know, building the properties and leasing it. Yeah. So building a metaverse is a whole different business. Yeah. That requires uh, what I would say a lot of marketing to to create people. So. There's no barriers to entry to starting a social media platform yet. I think people have come to understand that it's incredibly hard to be successful. If you look in the last five years, there's only one social media platform that I can recall as being successful, and that's new social media platform, and that's TikTok, which my, my daughter loves as well. Other than that, it's been sort of the same one. You know, LinkedIn's been around for a while, Instagram, Facebook, you know, the various ones that are out there, Snapchat, there's a bunch of them. Very hard to create a new platform. So from the perspective of my business, I would rather invest into the metaverses that are established that have put the money in. It's probably also to do it properly at, at you know, an 18 to 24 month process. Even things like Sandbox are still in beta. So what other places would you recommend? Are there any other you know, places that you're, you're thinking of building and leasing out? Well, we own land in Somnium space, which is- That is wild. Trippy. That is trippy. I, I, I spoke to Arthur over there and he, he interviewed, I interviewed him. He had a, yeah. a, a black like Batman suit with a lizard head. I mean, it was right. trippy. It was very different than Decentraland. Very different experience, yes. right? Yes. So you're yes. buying so space so, there? Somnium space focuses a lot on, on headgear. It's more of a yeah. higher end 
yeah. um, metaverse. And, and the reason we like it a lot, we think that the time for that is probably still slightly in the future. And here's why the graphics are so good and you can attach all this hardware to it. A lot of people don't have high-end computers and high-end graphic cards yet. They don't oh, want to make, they don't want to invest a thousand dollars into into the headgear. Decentraland works well because the graphics are very good, but they're not like amazing. They're better than Minecraft. And you don't need glasses too for Decentraland, no. right? You don't need. You could just go in there without the Oculus. Browser base, and as a guest, you can get on there very quickly. So the advantage of that is that the computer audience is larger than that for Somnium space. You know, I often wondered, if my, my kids really play, my, my younger son really like Minecraft. Have you ever seen Minecraft? Sure. It looks, I mean, I was always like, the graphics on this are awful. Why do kids like this? I was, I was scratching my head for a long time and then I figured it out. It's deliberately awful because <laughs> you don't need a good graphics card. You can access a whole broader range of computers by having a graphic set that's easier to, for these computers to show. I, I don't know if I'm- Yeah, is that, is, that why, is that why when you see the, you know, the, the avatars, they don't really look that realistic just yet? Yes. They're, they're okay, but not great. They're, do, they're, they're serviceable? Correct. Same thing. It's just, we're not there yet with the technology and everything. The, it'll evolve. I mean, think back to the early days of things like Facebook and remember, remember yeah. on Facebook, like, how do you feel today? And you'd be like, I feel happy today. Or I feel like, you know, these things evolve into, you know, what yeah. we need. But yeah, if you were to make the graphics amazing, like this kind of lifelike, yeah. you, you know, you, you limit yourself to 1% of the computers on the planet who have that capability. Minecraft looks like a bunch of squares put together because you know, 95% of all computers on the planet can access that. So all of a sudden you've just grown your user base to, you know, huge, as opposed to something very narrow by being really great graphics. It'll evolve, Yeah. but that's why there's a bit of a, a, a selection process when you're choosing what metaverses you like, that's part of the, the test. See, to me, it seems easier to just go without the Oculus glasses. First of all, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to kind of play around with it and you could just, just dive right in. So you might not have, like, but I went, you know, I was on some new space. He was like, Jack, cause I, I didn't have, you know, the glasses at that time. So he's like, oh, it's so different when you're in there. I'm like, ah, you know, it's kind of nice not having the glasses, <laughs> just going right. in there and doing it. And just, so I think, cause it's less friction. So you could just go there. So for people to go to Centraland, it's less friction. Cause if you start have to, all right, let me buy it. Let me figure it out. And and right. it takes time to, to manage it and play around with it and get it right and feel comfortable. So it's easy to just say, ah, forget it and not bother. This way you just go, you go into Centraland and you're there and it's just nice right. and easy. And as a guest, you can be on and registered and wandering around in under two minutes. Now, how do you feel about this? And I'll be very transparent here. I, you know, the more I'm, I'm going and checking out these different places, I kind of like it better than Zoom. And hopefully Zoom doesn't cut us off because I'm saying this and they're spying on us. But <laughs> I, I, because, you know, like you have, when you have the Zoom calls, right? You have a business call. Let's be honest. You know, you end up kind of looking at yourself. How do I look? How's my hair? How's my shirt? Do I have a stain? Is my tie right? What have you? The person on the other side is feeling uncomfortable. You're looking at their background. They're looking at yours. And to me, that's just a waste of time and energy. But when you have an avatar and you have a conversation, it's so different. It's like, 
you still have a real, I, I find it. Tell me, tell me if this, if you, if you feel this as well, you actually sometimes have a better conversation because you, you don't have all those other things you're thinking about, you know, is my nose running? Is this happening? Is that happening? Right. So you could just be in the present. You could just be in the moment without thinking about anything else and have a real conversation and not being distracted. Right. Well, Bill Gates said that all business meetings within five years will be held um, in the metaverse. Um, I'll tell you something, a, a cool company that I'm talking to uh, about partnering with. Oh, to your point, it's uh, metaverse dating. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, you know, one of the, I think the show is called Love is Blind, where people court each other behind walls. They don't get to see what they look like, what, what the other person looks like. And I think the concept here is very similar. You can do sort of a, an, a virtual Tinder where you can swipe left or right based on someone's avatar. That's brilliant. You can, out, you can go to museums, you can go to the Taj Mahal or whatever communicate with each other through your avatars. You can give each other NFT gifts like hearts or flowers. You never actually see each other. You can choose not to ever yeah. see each other where you're really just interacting with each other through avatars. That's brilliant. Because then it also cuts down and you really find out, hey, I really like this person. I feel comfortable with the person. We bond. Okay. And you know, you know, you're married, you have a family, I'm married, I have a family. And at the end of the day, that's what counts. You want to have that you know, relationship, not because, right. you know, someone like myself, the looks fade. So they fade quickly. So hopefully your personality is still the same. So that's what counts. So if you meet somebody that way, that's great. You know, right. it's fantastic. But also as a way to date. So let's imagine if, if you were single, you were dating someone and you were doing this yeah. all the time. You're right. It can get awkward. It's awkward. How's my hair? How do I look? You're carrying conversation. What if you could meet in the metaverse with your avatars and go to a museum or a nightclub. Remember, for long distance dating, imagine the, the person you're dating is in Europe or Australia or somewhere. You could meet at the fashion show. You could meet at the music festival. You could meet at the casino or at the museum or anything else. Walk around together. Talk the same wherever we're talking. Move around. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. It's, it's, it's like going on a virtual date. Yeah. I think the concept of that's very, very cool. I love it because even with, let's say with the fashion show, I would not go to a fashion show in New York City, not to have anything against it, it's just not my thing. I don't get it. I feel uncomfortable. I feel, I just don't understand it. It's not my, my milieu. But on, on Decentraland to go there, I would totally feel comfortable because I wouldn't feel like a creepy middle-aged guy going there because right. I'm an avatar. So I wouldn't feel self-conscious like, all right, what's this, you know, regular suburban dad going in here, but I have an avatar. Totally. I'm fine. It's almost like, yeah. you know, like how writers uh, have a, what is it, a numb de plume where it frees them up to really write because they have, you know, a different name like Mark Twain or and when you're an actor. I think, I think there's something to that. Same thing with an avatar. It maybe, I, I, it's, this might sound weird, but I think it makes the real you come out because now you could really be who you are because you have this new avatar as almost like a shield and you could just be who you are and not worry about all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very cool. I mean, I, I'd go to a fashion show if they let me in, but uh, <laughs> my, my best shot is through the metaverse. Yeah. Well, now that you're a big shot and a, and a, and a metaverse mogul, I think you get you, you know they uh, open yes. up the, the you know the velvet rope and you go right in. So that's different right. now. In, in so, the metaverse, in the metaverse, yes. So what? <laughs> so what if? So let's say I wanted to rent a place in in one of your towers. Now, is it just like? kind of like real estate in the real world where, you know, you go into an office 
and you sit down, I'll sit down with, you know, one of your folks and say, Hey, I'd like a little office here. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do recruiting and just, yeah, just like that. So what we normally would do is we, we would have a conversation with respect to what you need. Yeah. In, in the metaverse office space world, for example, we can, we can do a lot more uh, that you can do very quickly than you could do in the physical world. So for example, you might say, yeah, I would like to rent out some office space to hold a meeting or a conference. I would like there to be, you know, floating clouds or this, my, my picture hanging on the wall. I want an area here that you can click and it goes to my website. We can help create those things for you. So really it's like, what is your dream for the metaverse? What is your desire? What's the desired outcome? We can rent you the land, but we can also provide the design and architecture services to help get you there. And I think that's what makes us a little bit different than some of the other companies out there is we're more than just a, a bunch of guys owning land. We're creating revenue by renting it out, but also providing design and architecture services for you. So if let's say somebody wanted to open up, you know, a Neiman Marcus or whatever, you would help design how it wants to look, the look, the feel, everything. And then could I go in there, let's say buy, you know, a, a jacket and then have it sent to me in the real world, but try it on there and maybe if the technology is there, it can measure that I have the right fit. I can see how I look in it and just conduct business and commerce just like that. Is that doable? Yeah. So, so that's, I think, a very near reality. Right now, a lot of what's happening is buying clothing for your avatar and the ability to click through to the company's website. Mm -hmm. The real convergence that I think is happening here soon is that between the physical world and the, the digital world. And, and my, my, my wife always says, don't, don't call it the real world, call it the physical world, because yeah. the opposite of real is fake and you don't want, it's not That's a good part. <laughs> digital. digital. A good so I always part. call it the physical world. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but certainly for sure in the near future, you'll be able to have your measurements done, input it in and maybe go in, see what something looks like on your avatar and be able to order it, not just for your avatar, but to your house. How great is that, right? So you don't have to go into a shopping mall and then try on stuff that, you know, a hundred other guys were trying on and putting it on, which is kind of gross and it doesn't fit right or whatever. So if you go in there and they just kind of take the measurements, figure it out, you know, I want yeah. this blue jacket, that's it. Here's the, the measurements, send it to my house. That's fantastic. It's going to be very cool. I, you know, I'm waiting to see what Amazon does here. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do because right now you go to, the, to Amazon and you, you type in, I don't know, glasses or something, mm -hmm. right? Blazers. And you get a whole bunch of two-dimensional pictures with reviews, right? And then, you know, various pictures. What if you could go to the Amazon site and type in, I don't know, computers. And all of a sudden around you, instead of this two-dimensional site, you're in this 3D shopping area with, you can go to, you know, Dell, Apple, Microsoft, whatever it is, look at the various computers, compare them, see how they scale relative to, to the size have a salesperson in there that can maybe answer questions. It's just a much more immersive way to yeah. shop. Think about it from a booking a trip. I think this is coming very soon. You'll go to your favorite booking site, Expedia or whatever travel, something. You'll go and you'll be like, okay, I wanna to go to Mexico. Here's a site, the hotel room will pop up. You'll be able to wander around the digital version of the room, look around. What does it look like? Look at various rooms walk around the, the, the resort, 
What does the pool look like? How close are you to the beach? All of these things, and then make a decision. Just a far better way to, yeah. to make that decision as opposed to just you know going through you know a hundred reviews to see if people liked it or not. What do the rooms look like? You'll be able to do that. So I I, I think within four to five years there won't be the traditional way that we think of today to shop or to book trips. I think it's all going to converge very slowly and subtly into using these 3D environments to make better decisions. Amazing. I imagine the same thing holds for real estate, for going on a cruise. Yeah. You know, you know pretty much everything. So it's already there for real estate. Um, we are working, we're working with several realtors that have properties that are like, you know, these are 20 to $30 million properties for sale, but they're asking us to recreate them replicas in the metaverse so that they can have prospective clients who might be abroad, walk around, take a look, what does this look like? Where are the elevators, you know, things like that. There's an office building in uh, DC that has commissioned some uh, uh, friends of ours to replicate not just their building, but the entire area around it. And this is a very high cost, you know, high lease building. Uh, and because it's so expensive, they want to have the ability for prospective tenants to walk around and look around and say, like, what does the office space look like? What does the rooftop look like? What are the restaurants? How far is it to, to get to the park? It's a way of enticing and educating people as to what you're offering in a, in a whole unique way where they don't have to jump on a plane to get that experience. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's just so mind-blowing. Like today, I was just writing about this uh, other, doing very different than what you're doing, this place, VR Direct, where they'll have doing safety. So let's say it's Siemens and they have big manufacturing. So rather than going in and doing something which could be dangerous you know, for some machinery, you do it in the metaverse. So then you can kind of see what it looks like, how to fix it, what to do before they send somebody in to do it. So I could, there's so much potential really across the board. There's just so many totally. use cases for it. I'll give you, I'll give you one more use case that I, that I think is funny. I always think back to the Simpsons and, and former Simpsons looking at the nuclear power plant, right? But what's not a joke is that a, there's a lot of sensitive areas like power plants where you have a lot of various workers that interact with each other, where things can go yeah. wrong, like a code red, exactly. the power goes out, various things. You could actually replicate what this looks like, where various people interact with each other. And from their homes, you could test out emergency situations, how people interact, get them trained in ways that you can't do in the physical world. Uh, I think that's a huge value where, you know, again, as a workplace safety training, huge potential there. Absolutely. Now, with tokens.com, anything else we should know about in addition to what you talked about? No, you know, if, if, if you're interested in things related to the metaverse, please come to our website, uh, easy to remember tokens.com. We have an education area, we have a media area with some of the coverage we've received. Um, and you can stay up to date there very easily with respect to all of our activities in, in the metaverse and actually in Web3, because we do do things beyond the metaverse, although that seems to be the area everyone wants to talk about these days. Wait, wait, so what else do you do besides the metaverse? You're still a banker uh, and all that stuff or no, or you kind of... This is no, so so we, we, we do something called staking, which is the transaction processing in the cryptocurrency space. Oh, okay. so we get paid for that. We also have an area that was created recently called Hulk Labs, and that's focused on crypto gaming. And so when I think about Web3, which is really the, the new ways that the internet is, is evolving to be used, those are the areas we want to be involved in. And that includes the metaverse as well. 
So you're busy and you have a young child. So, so many, <laughs> and too old to watch. Not, not a young child, many young children in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have the time for all this, this is a lot. This is a lot on your plate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time out because I kind of sort of remember when my kids were little. Boy, I didn't get any sleep whatsoever. Now I don't get sleep because like the cats and dogs wake me up and I'm at like three or four in the morning, they're waking me up. So right. I, I could feel your pain with having a baby because, you know, cats and dogs are like little kids. They don't grow up and they, when they want to eat, right. you got to wake up and feed them. So there, there, uh, there's a, there's a dog in the mix here too. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot. <laughs> well, this is great. So, so to go the easiest way is tokens.com, right? Yeah. And then Instagram, Twitter, we're on uh, Twitter, so tokens.com or Andrew Kegel. Um, I'm always posting good information on what's happening in the world of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. Right. And of course, you can always check out decentraland.org, which is where the fashion show is being hosted March 24th to 27th. I'm going. Uh, Christine said she's going too. We're going we're gonna to be there. The, the curiosity factor, come on. You know you're going to be there. You're going to want to check out what's Oh, definitely. I'm going to be there. Awesome. I'm going to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, Because yeah. like I said, if in real, in real life, no, I should like you said, should say real life, but you know, in here in this universe, <laughs> not so much. But there, yeah, hell yeah, why not? Yeah, check it out. Absolutely, I feel totally comfortable. I'll be there. I'm gonna walk around, check everything out. It's be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Send me, send me a note. Let me know what you think. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming. I really appreciate it because I think there's so many people who are so interested in it. And when I, I first posted something a few months back, show how quickly you know times change within just a, literally like two or three months. I posted something and, and uh, uh, an article for Forbes talking about, you know, the metaverse and how you could work in the metaverse, you'll find a job in the metaverse, all that stuff. And the hate was unbelievable. Now, LinkedIn wow. is not known for that because it's the most nicest social media site. It's like the Canada of social media sites, right? Very polite, right. very nice, you know, you know, whereas, you know, Twitter's the America, like, you know, yelling and screaming. And, but really the undercurrent was this, they felt the vast majority, it was about maybe 150,000 comments and likes and dislikes and all that, that they all felt that Mark Zuckerberg owned the metaverse and like, I don't want anything to do with Mark Zuckerberg. Right. I don't want to live my life in there. Fast forward, only like two, three months later, you, people are starting to be like, all right, what's this about? I want to hear more. Tell me more. So that's why I was looking forward to having you on the show because People are starting to now realize, oh, I get it. This is much more than those kind of cartoonish characters in his commercial. This is well, this is something interesting. So I'm yeah. glad you're the guy who's the expert at it to, to share, hey, this is what's happening. So I'm so glad I, I, you're on here. I, I, I agree. There's a lot of, um, um, I, I guess, there are a lot of people that are angry or just don't like Facebook or, or Meta. Yes. But the one thing that they've identified correctly is that the entire social media and internet platform is moving to the metaverse. They're just trying to be a part of it. There is going to be several metaverses yes. um, that have nothing to do with, with Facebook. So hopefully your audience uh, gets a little bit out of that, that there's going to be many options for them to explore. This is great. Well, thank you so much. And, and for everybody watching tokens.com, check out the fashion show. I'm going to check it out and then, and then we'll stay in touch. So, so as you have new developments there, cause this is great. This is such a, exciting, innovative area. So thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Jax. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.